so great to be together, Father, as we hear about the joy of being with you from your word. Uh, it's great to hear the joy of the kids. May we be uh, more like them in our faith, as your son calls us to. May we be more like you, like them in the sense of finding joy and simple pleasures, as we've been reminding this morning, that the simple pleasure of being obedient to you, out of a response of love of what you've done for us in Jesus. Help us to hear you speak by your spirit this morning. Teach us uh, what we know not. Give us what we have not. Make us what we are not. For Jesus' sake. Amen. Uh, it's, it's very cliched to say, isn't it, that um, when you become a parent, of course you start sounding like the people who parented you, your parents, if that be the case. So you hear words come out, um, you know, and I, I can just hear words in my own head now, and you, and you start resembling or reflecting um, how you were parented or your parents. Um, and interestingly enough, I, I work with Jacob's dad for, what, nearly 10 years, and it, it's just <laughs> interesting watching Jacob up the front. And we all knew you weren't serious about hunting us down for, for money. Um, Jacob's dad, Andrew's a bit like that, he's just so dry-witted. Um, he's very tall, you know, easily, I called him the praying mantis. Um, he's easily intimidating, but he's the least intimidating person in the world. It's uncanny how Jacob's just reflecting his dad. <laughs> in good ways. Uh, and Jacob's dad's probably one of my closest friends. Uh, one of my uh, go-to advisors in life. So what a great thing to mimic. Um, you know, and at this point, what we're thinking about is we've been thinking about the realities of who we are as children of God. And today we're going to move into a little bit of that later on, but um, now the realities of, well, how do you live as a child? You know, where, where do you turn to to find that model? Um, as I've said to you before, I think as Christians we're often good at thinking about the past and how what God's done for us in Jesus to deal with our past by his actions in the past. We're often good at thinking about the future and what God will do in the future by his son, by his son returning. But I'm not sure we always spend a lot of time and good at thinking about the present and what it is for those two things to inform us now and what it means for <coughs> Jesus to be real to us now. So we're going to think about a bit this morning. And I think it's also worthwhile just kind of acknowledging that maybe for some of you, if not many of you, as you think about fatherhood, as you think about God being father, all that does for you is stir up uh, significant uh, hurt, um, 
trauma maybe and it, it just is just such a blockage to actually thinking about the nature of God as father in a positive sense that's not my experience but it may well be yours and some people you know basically say we shouldn't talk about God as father as a result of that as if somehow we can't actually change that and change our hearts and minds about that. But of course we can by the power of the Spirit. And of course we can because God hasn't left us in the dark about who he is. And the darkness that's become light in that revelation is that he is God as Father, as we've been hearing over and over again. He's given us an example what it is for him to be your father and an example of how to relate to him as father by the relationship of his son to him. He hasn't left us to guess or to make it up as we go. We've got a revelation of the full meaning and that comes from Jesus and his relationship to the father. Ephesians 1 verse 3 says, Praise be to the God and Father, of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is referred to as God the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. And if you go to three, chapter 3, verses 14 and 15, it says, And for this reason I kneel before the Father from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. It's actually saying he is the father of fatherhood. Fatherhood comes from him. It's like he's, God is love, God is father. And so of course we can, we can understand what it is to be known by God the father in a positive sense. Joe Packer says this, God intends the lives of believers to be a reflection and reproduction of Jesus' own fellowship with himself, a reflection and reproduction of a relationship Jesus had with the Father. And so I want us to turn to John, uh, his gospel primarily, but a little bit of dabbling in uh, 1 John, his letters. And in, in his kind of writings, again, it's a bit like the Sermon on the Mount, you can so read it for so long and miss this, but... It, it's so fundamentally there. So if you think about John chapter 1, verse 12, it says, or just before that, it says, He came to his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet to those who believed in him, he gave them the right to become children of God. The right to become the children of God. Why don't we think about that primarily? Well, why don't we think about us being children of God as, as the primary way of thinking about ourselves as Christian when the first gift Jesus came to give that John records, you know, Jesus was sent, word became flesh, and the first gift is described in terms of us being the children of God. And then at the end of John's Gospel, the climax of John's Gospel, um, John chapter 20, verse 17 the climax is Jesus talking about him having to ascend or return to the Father. 
his whole relationship, his whole purpose, his whole thinking about his life for us, for benefits for us, but then in terms of himself, is in relationship to, in accordance to, what he's doing with the Father. And the very climax of that is to return to him in the Gospel of John. And of course, 1 John 3, 1. Can we say that out loud again together? Maybe. You look it up if you want. Um, See what great love the Father has lavished on us, that we should be called children of God, and that is what we are. This is the centre, I think, of the letter of John. Um, As I've said before, in 1 John 4, he talks about us being brothers and sisters because we're children of God the Father. His whole writings of John is is informed, shaped by, deeply embedded in the reality of God as Father and we as his children. So, as I've said, I've lent heavily on Joe Packer's book and he helpfully draws out uh, four things that are implied by the way Jesus relates to God as Father that I want to think about now for a little while. Uh, The four things are authority, affection, fellowship and honour. So we're going to do a little bit of flicking through the Gospel of John. So if you want to turn to John chapter 4, verse 34. John 4, 34. Jesus says, My food is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. My food is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. It is amazing how much um, when the Bible teaches something, especially Jesus, it's always some kind of metaphor, right? Isn't it? Always some kind of metaphor to make it so concrete for us. So what's the metaphor that Jesus used here for obedience? What's obedience like to him. It's food. We got up this morning and one of the first things we've done is eat. I am terrible when I haven't eaten in the morning. In fact, I'm terrible when I haven't eaten at any point of the time. It's called hangry is what I become. Hangry personified. It's just essential to living, isn't it? Food is essential to living, and in, in our culture at the moment, there's a real heightened sense of food. Food shows good eating. And so Jesus is saying, essential to his life as God, as the God man, is what? Obedience. As essential is, as food is to us and our stomach and our being. So essential is to Jesus, his obedience to the Father. That is life for him. A 5 verse 19. Very truly, I tell you, the Son can do nothing by himself. He can only do 
what he sees his father doing. Because whatever the father does, the son also does. Can you hear the sense of humility and deference and the sense of authority the son has in terms of the father? The father has authority over him and Jesus has a real sense of that. I can do nothing. This is God. The God-man Jesus submitting to the Father's authority. I can do nothing. I only do what the Father does. And there's freedom in that for him. John 6.38. John 6.38. For I've come down from heaven not to do my will, but to do the will of him who sent me. What a great prayer that would be every morning. I've been given life not to do my will, but to do the will of him who sent me. In fact, I, think of th I can think of someone, that is Jesus, who's taught us to pray that every day. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Implication, your will, not my will, be done. Because God has the authority over Jesus and so over us. And then chapter 17, verse 4. I have brought you glory on earth by finishing the work you gave me to do. That's it. That's his life. The work the Father's <coughs> given to the Son, because the Father has authority, that's what he's got to finish. And if you flip back to John chapter 15 that we had uh, read to us, or over, wherever you're up to, verses 10 and 11 particularly. If you keep my commandments, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and remain in his love. So he's actually explicitly calling us to what he did. Obey as he has. I've told you this, that, that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. <coughs> the necessary byproduct for us and our good of obeying the Father as Jesus obeyed is joy. We don't think of obedience and joy, do we? We never put those words together. We think of obedience as duty and a burden. But no, obedience to the Father will bring you joy. It's promise to us. It's fascinating, isn't it? In John chapter 8, Jesus says, come to me and drink. And then he goes from metaphor to teach what he's teaching, of course. Rivers, not just a river, rivers of living water will flow from within you. And by that he meant the Spirit. It's no wonder, it's no wonder, because coming to Jesus is being obedient, it's no wonder that joy comes. We have life by the Spirit flowing from within us, spilling out. It's overwhelming. But I think it's important to say, this is not, because you could get the impression this is kind of mindless, clinical, heartless, um, dutiful, Obedience by Jesus. 
like he's nearly robotic. But it's not, is it? Because you remember him in the garden in Luke. He goes and he prays. And he asks the Father, take this cup from me. He's in agony. He's in anguish. He knows the Father's will. He knows what it, he has to do and being obedient to that will. But kind of in the middle of that, in the, in the outworking of that, he knows it's difficult. What he's going to face is hard. Father, if there's any way, please, can it be the case? But not my will, yours be done. You can relate to that, can't you? It was sort of like, oh yeah, Jesus, he just kind of did it automatically, you know, just went through the motions of obeying the Father. But no, you get a picture of Jesus' humanity, which draws us close to him. And it's an empowering thing to know that he experiences what we experience in many moments of trying to obey the Father when it's difficult. So firstly, authority. Secondly, affection. Uh, chapter 5, verse 20. It implies affection between the Father and the Son. For the Father loves the Son and shows him all he does. Yes, and he will show him even greater works than these so that you'll be amazed. The Father <coughs> loves the Son. Now, I, I know these are all very simple, basic truths of the Christian life, aren't they? But how often I think we take them for granted. It's worthwhile reflecting on the fact that the Father loves the Son. <coughs> Go back to chapter 15, 9 and 10. As the Father loved me, which you've just heard, as the Father loves me, what is he going to say next? So I love you. That is one of the most powerful and best things you could ever hear in your life. So I have loved you. Now I grew up in church and one of the choruses we sang over and over again is Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. <laughs> Can we say that out loud? Jesus loves me. Jesus loves me. Oh, come on. <laughs> I know it's Sunday morning. Let's say it together. Jesus loves me. Jesus loves me. Jesus loves me as the Father loves him. If you woke up every morning and thought of that, how would it change your life? It would just make you rush to obey him, wouldn't it? Because you want to please him. There's affection there. And we experience the same affection. I was listening to the radio the other day and they were talking about how uh, much a text message is, is being used these days for so many things and categories that maybe maybe shouldn't be. You know, so people breaking up with each other in relationships via text. Um, but so many people, I think, um, in some sort of survey that they'd done the first time they'd told 
you know, their, their other person, they loved them, was via text message. <laughs> Maybe you've done that, so, you know. So, so. But we need to, we need to uh, rob that back, don't we? I love you. Because when, when do you think of that, I love you? We, we think of it in, you know, female, male, boyfriend, girlfriend kind of relationship. That's when we think of that phrase, we often think of, oh, have you told them you love them? Well, yeah, okay, that can be used then, but we need to wrestle it back and think about it in terms of God's love for us. Because he says, I love you. He says to the son, I love you. The son says to him, I love you. There's a deep affection there. And of course, then there's fellowship. Uh, chapter 8, verse 29 of John. eight twenty-nine. The one who sent me is with me. He's not left me alone, for I always do what pleases him. The one who sent me is with me. He has not left me alone, for he is always with me. Jesus relationship with the Father is one of honour, it's one of affection, it's one of fellowship, one of presence, presence. God the Father is present with God the Son. And Jesus is celebrating that. He's articulating that as if it's important, because it is important. The one who sent me hasn't sent me to earth on my own. He's with me. That's important for Jesus, the God-man. This fellowship, this presence. Chapter 16, verse 32. <coughs> a time is coming and in fact has come when you will be scattered, each to your own home. You will leave me all alone, yet I am not alone, for my Father is with me. My Father is with me. Again, it's very cliched as kids often reflect on their childhood and their father's. You know, one of the things you often hear articulated is, you know, my dad was never present. He was, and so, you know, you might list off uh, never present at school concerts or important occasions at school, never present at, you know, my soccer matches. As if, you know, that's, a, that's the powerful thing, isn't it? The presence of a father, the presence of, of someone important is so important. <laughs> And so it was for Jesus. My father is present with me. You will desert me, he says. But I'm not alone because I've got the father present with me. And so, as I've said of John 8, so we have Jesus present with us by his spirit. In fact, so much so, it's like rivers of living water flowing from within us. He is so present with us. And lastly, honour. Chapter 5, verse 22 and 23. Moreover, the Father judges no one, but has entrusted all judgment to the Son, that all may honour the Son, just as they honour the Father. Whoever does not honour the Son does not honour the Father who sent him. There's a sense of 
a kind of exaltation. They, they exalt each other. They honour each other. They lift each other up. God lifts up the Father. The Father lifts up the Son in a way that you would never expect. Exalts him by putting him on a cross to die. That's how he's honoured because that's how the Father is honoured. Because at that cross, he's being obedient to the Father. Chapter 17, verse 1. After Jesus said this, he looked toward heaven and prayed, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your Son that your Son may, be, may glorify you. And as I said, that's what he's talking about, the cross. That's the hour. The time for the ultimate glorification and honour has come. And it came at the cross of Jesus. Joe Packer says, All this, all that's implied in the relationship of God the Son with God the Father, the reality of affection, of honour, <coughs> of fellowship, of authority, all this extends to his adopted children in, through and under Jesus Christ their Lord. The Lord loved, companioned and honoured by their Heavenly Father. All those things that were true for Jesus in his relationship with the Father are true for us. Remarkable. I don't know if we ever have enough quiet, slow time, do we? Jenna was telling me that just this morning she saw a survey on a Facebook page that she's a part of, which is you know, probably over 100,000, not everyone answered, but um, they often put questions up um, and give you options to choose, and the question was something about how much time do you spend on your phone. And the majority of people, out of all the options, tick eight hours plus. Now, I'm not anti-phones. I mean, it's kind of cliched for the preacher to be anti-devices, you know, anti-phones. Because, heck, people could be spending eight hours reading the Bible on their phone. That'd be great, wouldn't it? <laughs> so, you know, always conscious of the assumptions that you're making, you are making by statements that are made from here. Probably not likely. And I wonder if you were to reflect on the use of your devices, how much time you spent on it, and then how much time you spent on it using for your relationship with God the Son to honour God the Father. Because it can be used for good, can't it? I mean, no doubt every one of us have checked something on our phone this morning. Guaranteed it. Maybe I couldn't guarantee it. Wouldn't bet my life on it, but it'd be pretty close. <laughs> You know, and, and, and you might have used it for good and, and got some of the being. I describe myself in terms of Bible reading with the blokes um, these days. I feel like I'm a cow. I need to just constantly graze, constantly graze. Sometimes I'm trying to eat a whole um, bale of hay. What are they call bale of hay, yeah. So long, slow, lingering. You know, fill me up times in the Word. But then, you know, the rest of the day I'm just finding I need to keep doing everything I can to get some grass into me. Whether it be a sermon, you know, whether that be a Bible verse that comes onto my phone, or whether it be a devotion from John Piper's um, app that he's got, just whatever. 
just to keep me going because let's face it, you know, we wake up in the morning and, you know, voices, messages come racing at us like wild boars, don't they? A thousand messages of what you've got to do or who you are or what you don't feel like doing. And then as you're spilling to the day, there's just even fresh messages that you're either telling yourself and believing or others are telling you and you're believing and taking on and letting it shape you. All sorts of things. And so if we're not intentional about hearing from God the Father, we'll believe the alternate messages. And if we're not consciously thinking about life and thinking about what are the messages we are believing so we can spot them, deny them, put them to death, we've got no hope. We need slow, lingering, quiet time so we can reflect in our life. Put to death things that we're taking on as as assumed as right and fundamental to life and hear from God about what is true, what is fundamental for life, what is actual food that Jesus considered food and that is to be obedient to the Father because of his obedience to the Father which meant means we can call God Father. I want to give you some time now. I'm going to stop there. Some quiet, slow time. Just maybe a couple of minutes. You've got the four headings and I wonder if you might reflect on which of the implied things from God, uh, Jesus' relationship with God the Father you, know, you want to just dwell on for a moment. Is it as the one of authority? Affection? fellowship or honour? Why don't you do that for a couple of minutes and then I'm sure we'll, we'll see.